welcome to Timberwolves, the podcast, a show about our favorite team. This show sounds better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to episode eight. Scott, we're back like Nikola Pekovic. Can't believe it. It's a new year. You're a married man. I am now committed. Congratulations. I feel like a whole new man. Now, uh, as it is relevant to this show, you can go to Wolves games again. I've been leading you all up to this moment, and now I have to follow <laughs> through on my promise. And right. so it must be done. I will be at the Wolves game this Sunday when they face the Dallas Mavericks. Look at that. Married already going to Wolves games. I don't think we put this in the show rundown, so I'm going to hit real quick. Everyone asked me, Scott, it's a big step. How do you feel about being a married man? Yeah. It's a lot of commitment. Aren't you worried? And I think that Timberwolves fans probably know better than anyone that when you're committed to something, regardless of the circumstances, we're all Wolves fans here. If you're a Wolves fan, it's not because they've been good. It's something else is driving you to stay connected to that team. Mm -hmm. And we know the pain that comes sometimes with that commitment, but we also know the weird joys we get. We are an eccentric crew because when you don't have anything to cheer for in playoff success for 10 years, you find little things, the Darkos, the Pecs. You find like a lot of characters, the Beasleys. You find like this great community we have. And so by committing to something greater than yourself and sticking with it through the hard times and the bad times, you'll discover some special treasures along the way that wouldn't... You would never have any kind of knowledge of if you're just a bandwagon fan who is skimming from front wagon team, front uh, running team to front running team. So, like all all of our Timberwolves fans listening, we're all committed fans, and that's just like being married. That's so deep. Except that's to so a person. Deep. I get it now. I get it now. I see. I see it. Maybe I'll get married now. Now that you said that, I, I think I'm in. You've been married to the Wolves for far too long. That's already. right. But we're back with a new show. Uh, we were off last week uh, due to the end of the year festivities, plus Scott getting married. But we're back here uh, on the show, episode eight. Thanks for being back with us, everybody. Today, we have some wishes for 2016. Not quite resolutions, no. because it's more greedy. It's just right. more immediate. It's just stuff we want. Right. And these are wishes for um, another entity or another. It's not on ourselves. It's something that we wish for right. the wolves in general. If we had a genie, a 2016 genie. Yes. These are the things we want the most out of this next year. Maybe we can expect some of them. None of these are too unreasonable. No. We're not asking for LeBron James and a Timberwolves jersey by the end of 2016. Right. So this is pretty much all things that, that could happen, hopefully will happen. But we thought it'd be a nice way to kick off uh 2016 the new year we're going to start it off with a new scoreboard uh i've heard this one before yes this is something that the wolves been promising for a long time obviously with their uh much delayed uh target center renovation project that's been happening and the new scoreboard is something that's coming it's usually been um whenever they list like the timeline for the project it's always in the earlier portion of it. Yeah, if, I think everybody I'd encourage, if you're not already, we're in this great community, so yep. I'm not trying to say, like, you don't already know about this. But you should all check out the latest episode of the Howlin' T-Wolf podcast. The Howl. The Howl. It's great. They, uh, I'm looking up the name right here at the time on my phone. She came on and uh, she talked about the renovation, and the first wave of it will be jumbotron which he described yes. as stretching from free throw line to free throw line wow yeah and i think that's supposed to that's here we go haley denasso sorry haley i didn't have your name right at check out haley on the, on the latest episode of the howl yes yeah, she outlined some of the some of the new upcoming renovations and scoreboard something that's supposed to be happening this upcoming summer summer 2016 hey neil um, and did you know hopefully be cool the new t- the new target center the box office is going to move to where the Sid Hartman statue is. That's amazing. That's going to be the main entrance, my All right. friend. I'm down with that. That's a busy, busy intersection right there, and I think it's better than right in the middle of the block. 
uh, <laughs> over there. So yeah, so it'll be at um, First Avenue and, and Sixth Street. Yep. Uh, instead of right. In, and in so between. Haley on that podcast, I would recommend you go check it out. The Howl, Howl and T Wolf. Yep. Uh, she'll detail stage one, two, and three of the renovation. Stage one is the jumbotron. We got to get it. Yeah, our our current in. our current scoreboard is is, is a relic. Antiquated. Yes. Antiquated. Yes. yes. It is very old. It is something that um, I always point out that it always has like the little bulbs in it. Actually, <laughs> instead of a modern, uh, you know, just just screens everywhere type of situation. Yeah, there's some <laughs> some old school analog electricity stuff yeah. going on with that. Yeah, all like and the numbers like, and scores and stuff. There are very few technologies that uh, progress more rapidly than TVs. It's right. like everyone can have like even people who don't have a lot of money like i'm not a high roller but i have a nice tv in my house because it's just a couple hundred dollars to get you yourself like a really nice hd tv these days screens come on you gotta update those i think more than anything the hilarious thing about the wolf scoreboard is that it's square that's that right there is how you see that this is something that was made in the 90s oh yeah and not made for today's current widescreen 16 by 9 format of everything so you know i i think that it'll be a great update and it'll be up to modern standards we know it's coming wonderful in 16 let's hope (laughs) let's hope let's hope so next up what i want to see in 2016 we'll see how the season finishes up because i can see it going both ways i want to see us in a christmas day game next year that's a high bar we're not going to be at home. Yep. It will be one of those teams that's playing on the road somewhere. Yep. The thing is, is there a rivalry that's going to present itself? Like, because there used to, there's some kind of sonic resonance between the teams that get matched up, either geography wise, like Houston, San Antonio, yeah. the two finals teams, like Warriors, Cavs, uh, rivalry like L.A. Clippers. Yep. So it's like, who's our rival? Who could we be matched up with? I could see us. I don't know. They like to put the Thunder with the Bulls a lot, uh-huh. but like, I feel like a, the Thunder are a team we could be playing against. They yeah. kind of blow us out of the water. We do need. Uh, Maybe we play an East Coast game against the Knicks because they're trying to force that on everybody. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Wolves' best chance is just to have two young guys that, you know, and I think Townsend Wiggins is, is sort of the idea that you'd be going for there rather than a, a matchup. But yeah, you're right. I think for like a small market team, it'd be very hard to get in this game, with that, uh, the Christmas Day game, without playoffs. You have to be, either be in the playoffs or be like the Lakers and be a, a big market team our that you two, just won in every year anyway. I think our two best chances are the Knicks and they'll say one and two rookie of the years. There here. you go. Yep. Porzingis. Porzingis. Yeah. Teams yeah. of the future kind cool. of stuff. Yep. Or we'll become that Midwest team Chicago plays. Chicago yeah. always plays kind of a Midwest team um, and we could be that team. We're yep. close enough to be that neck of the woods where it's it's all just geography. The other one that I could maybe see is is the game that's happening tonight, which is uh, you know a Friday night against the Cavs. It could be like a you know Bulls Cavs, and that's the closest thing we have now uh, with love. You know the whole love thing, uh, love Wiggins trade. You know that, that it's not a lot, but that's I think to me the biggest thing that, that that we have to hang our hats on right now as far as the rivalry goes. The only problem is the Cavs will have to play whoever is the Western in the Conference yeah. in the finals. So. <laughs> They'll be in the finals matchup. Exactly. But. So. Yeah, Christmas Day right. game. That is the that is kind of a rival at That's this point. That's about it right There's, now. The Wolves have uh, Christmas Day game. That'd be so fun. That'd be so fun. I think it's eventually going to happen, but I think it might take the Wolves making the playoffs the season before to it's, potentially. It's be easier in that to match up a competitive team when yes. you're doing the schedule dean that you don't want to match a blowout unless it's mm. the Knicks game in the morning because yeah. no one's awake for that yet. Yeah, yeah the noon game or the very last game, the Clippers Lakers <laughs> game slot, time slot from this year. Though you're all too drunk to realize. The next thing we're wishing for 2016 is an offense system imagine that imagine if next year's wolves a system of offense that is not 
antiquated. Yeah, like you're saying. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Good one. Yeah. We we want we need um, something of a modern offensive system being uh, put into play. Obviously, um, you know, um, uh, lots of talk about Sam Mitchell and and such this year and, and his system and what's happening right now with the Wolves. Um, I think most people expect for a coaching change this summer, and hopefully you, you, that coach brings something that uh, you know Wiggins and Towns and the pieces that we have can operate better on the offensive end of the floor. You know, it's twisted. Mm. This morning I caught myself thinking, you know, I, Sam uh, uh, Scott Brooks, Scotty, Scotty Brooks, <laughs> he got you know he got KD and Russell and James Harden and Ibaka. He got that whole working together. Fell to his lap. Maybe that's all we need. Someone who just won't like try to get like someone who just understands to let it go. And then I was like, wait a second, Scott Brooks was always like maligned <laughs> for his lack of an offensive system. His right. like, his system was always just like pick and rolls for Kevin Durant and Westbrook and let them do yeah. it. But it just goes to show you how bad it is right now that I was like, ah, Scotty Brooks, offensive mastermind for the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't mind it. I, I know there'd be a lot of backlash, but uh, I guess at this point, especially uh, Scott Brooks was, looks like an upgrade, you know? So I think that'd be, that'd be something to look at. So it should be an interesting summer as far as the coaching carousel goes. I know uh, on this week's uh, Zach Lowe podcast with, uh, with uh, Mr. Wind, with uh, Brian Windhorst, they were yep. talking about how the, the coaching change uh, free agency will be even bigger than the player free agency and we'll be right in the middle of, of that there. even though we're a smaller um you know smaller market team and, and something that's not a marquee team we got some we got some nice pieces that you know some coaches and maybe even some gms will want to jump at so it'll definitely be interesting hopefully we have someone with an offensive system the crazy thing is like i think thibodeau's offensive system is better than mitchell's let's go right let's go like thibodeau's known for all the defense and how the bulls just kind of like figured out how to piece together enough baskets yeah but I feel like his system is even better than Mitch. Yeah. Sorry, Smitch. Sorry, Smitch. It's okay. Love you. You'll get through this year. All right. We got my next thing yeah, that I want to see What's in 2016. your next wish for 2016, Scott? You know, some of these, they seem like, uh, you know, like scoreboard. That's definitely coming. This one, I want it this year. I, I'm jumping the gun. I want the Canadian national team qualifying for the Rio Olympics. You yes. and I, Neil, we love watching summer hoops, especially when it's like summer international games, Olympics, the FIBA, whatever it is, like those dead months in the summer. Yes. We need our hoops fixed. And it's way better than summer league or the Gooden League uh-huh. or like any kind of thing. You got real pros in there. It, re- it truly is an oasis. Olympics is really the where they go their hardest, too. <laughs> yeah. FIBA's a little bit more like the JV team, the up and comers that are going to be on the next Olympic right, team. Right, right. Some and guys this hold is the out. Olympic team. And, and I want to see all my guys in the Olympics. It's been so yep. fun to be a Timberwolves fan. You've been watching a lot of international players' Olympics. I remember in the last Olympics, we were watching Shved play for the Russian team. Yeah, Karolinko. Karolinko winning games. They got that uh, bronze medal. It was great. And we were like, they're going to be on our team next year. That yeah. was so much fun. And we got Gorgie, who is an international superstar. He owns FIBA when he plays for the Senegal team. Yeah, he was very good this last summer. He uh, is so good. Yeah. And uh, we also have Nemanja, who might make an appearance. Sure. somewhere ricky who might play or may not play depending on his health yeah and so let's have one more we're not gonna have a guy on the american team let's throw uh wiggins on the he's the star of team canada they should be there they um they should have already been qualified unfortunately they have to play the another qualifying tournament this summer yeah um because they got like third place um in this um in this summer's competition they lost they, they i think choked they, away one of the final they choked games. it really yeah. they they won I, pre- I think they won all their games except for the last one they had to win one more game and, and, and they lost it so unfortunately they do have to still 
still qualify. They'll be very highly ranked. There's no reason why they shouldn't make it. They have many um, NBA players like Corey Joseph and Is Robert. Kelly Olinick, a Canadian. Olinick starts. Yep. Uh, uh, Anthony Bennett, former Wolf. Stauskas. 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 They have Stauskas. They have um, Robert Sacre um, uh, plays for Andrew them. Andrew Nicholson. Right. So, so they're loaded. I mean, they have as many NBA players as any team um, in the tournament. So I, I, they're going to be they're there. They're just young. Yeah, they're really young. I, I want them to be in this one. I don't want to wait till 2020. Right. I, I think want them to be in this one. They'll be right there. They should challenge for a medal, too. I think they will. Because here's something that we also get to look forward to on the on the horizon. 2018 yeah. FIBA Basketball Championship. Yeah, World Anthony Championship. Towns. Okay. Towns on Team USA. Dominican. He's, he plays for the Dominican team. He plays team. for the Dominican. That's right. He plays. I didn't uh, even look up their Olympic qualifying. Are they qualified for the I don't Olympics? think so. I don't think so. Because I remember he was talking about early in the season because he, he committed to play for them because his family is related is, is, is related it's there. his mother, yes. I want to say. And so I think he, it's him and Al, Al Horford. Yep. <laughs> so oh, yeah, man. so he's a Dominican player. So I don't know if they have enough other guys to we make gotta it. Look it up. We got to look it up later. Yeah, hopefully he'll be in the tournament as well. We got a little time till the summer. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah, Towns playing for Team D- uh, Dominican Republic. Be great. Is he going to switch over? I mean, he's one of the best American-born <laughs> players and by the time 2020 comes around. Yeah, he's going to switch. He will not play for Team USA. He's Dominican. He's. I mean, he's No, he, he'll switch from Dominican to USA though, right? I don't know. I think he he's already played in international tournaments with the Dominican, so I don't know. I think he feels strongly about that. We'll see. We'll I, see. I know there's debate about Kyrie, who initially yeah. wanted to play Australia. for Team Australia, yeah. and he never played though. So I don't know if by not playing for right. them, right? Yeah. He never oh, that's really a great question. Oh my yeah. gosh. We'll see. Uh, some some for the future. Um, next thing for uh, wishes for 2016. This is something that uh, you know Scott and I have. We've always wanted courtside seats. Really, the only way it's going to happen. Do. Still, Still do. do. We Still never do. sat courtside. That's Have a goal sat. for both of our lives. Yes, indeed. Uh, you know, but what we're really looking for is uh, courtside seats for the season. And unfortunately, it will probably have to be due to clerical error. Yeah. You know, well, some sort of mistake. I don't want to pay for courtside seats for the no, whole season. No, no. I mean, if you win this Powerball from this weekend, then yeah, we're buying courtside seats for a season <laughs> and it'll be great. We're going to be wearing like Crunch the Mascot ripoff costumes that are different all the time because we could afford that if we win the Powerball. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. Neil, I'll commit right now. If we win the Powerball, Neil, I'll buy us both courtside seats. Wow. Thanks. So it won't even have to be due to clerical error. Right. But I'm guessing I'm not going to win the lottery unless it's that's also to do to clerical error <laughs> so we're thinking like you know somebody looks at us and they're like oh you're jesse ventura or uh, someone i don't know important that would have courtside seats yeah, we'll just shut up we'll just we'll just we'll be, be like, quiet oh, yeah. we'll be like, yeah that's us that's what we're supposed to be we're supposed to be here that's i promise <laughs> i'm never gonna knock over a beer onto the court no kevin garnett falls on me i'm gonna catch him i'm not gonna jump out of my seat <laughs> and i'll give i'll give all the referees what's coming to them I like it. That's that'd be some of the great things about sitting courtside, but hopefully we can make that happen in 2016 next season. All right, let me give you my final thing that I want yeah, in 2016 and beyond. Attention to the Minneapolis hip hop community that is so tuned into our podcast. We know oh, we yeah. all have all the movers and shakers. Oh yeah, they're all listening right now. Shout out to They've probably everybody. heard some of our theme songs that you rap on and they understand. I hope they're making their own. You were on a song with POS? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're I all besties at this point. We're all pals. We we'd love him to to make a, you know, an alternate version of our theme song or something like that. That'd be great. Hey, you hear us, Steph. Let's do it. Get, let's get it hooked up. And so I just want more of the hip-hop artists in the community to embrace our local team. Hip-hop and basketball have a long history together. They are like, you know, P. 
peanut butter and jelly together, hip hop and basketball. Yeah. And so we have not been blessed with a lot of hip hop, classic hip hop lines, rhymes, references, songs uh, that include like, you know, we could all name a couple lyrics off the top of our head about other <laughs> basketball players, you know? Yeah. I mean, Jay-Z is always shouting out NBA players, especially when he was involved with the Nets and stuff. And, you know, there's lots of like, like you said, lots of uh, hip hop, basketball, you know, um, you know, shout outs and stuff like that. But we haven't really seen a lot for, for Minnesota players. No, you know, I mean, obviously we've been sayers. terrible for 10 years. And in those 10 years, the hip hop community went from something that was really cool and up and coming to something that's huge now. Right. 10 years ago, our hip hop community was still a little more underground than today. Today, it's widely recognized for how fantastic it is. And a lot of these uh, rappers and hip hop artists have become now national acts almost. Indeed. But of course, it takes, um, you know, a winning team or something, a team that is, you know, nationally sort of looked at it has in, to in stick, a positive way. It has light. to stick in the pop culture kind of mind. It, right. It's just something that you could, if, it, if it's meme worthy almost, you want to have something that when you drop that name, it means something to people. It symbolizes something to people. Sure. You say MJ, you're talking about greatness, yeah. you know, and if you say, you know, Kobe, you might be talking about striving for that greatness. That's right. Or That's whatever, right. you know, so it's contextual. And so we need something for these young players who just don't look like anything. Like maybe the only line you can make about the Timberwolves is like, I'm so crazy. I'm like KG, you know, something like that. <laughs> right. Or something about being the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old in the game, like KG, you know, yeah. like I'm still here. That kind of thing. I'm going to yeah. outlast y'all like yeah. KG. Uh-huh. But yeah, we need some more. We need some so, more hips. Um, yeah. Once again, shout out to uh, the Howl again. Um, they've been playing a prof song that has uh, DJ Mad Madigan. Mad, Mar- Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan. Mm-hmm. The in-house DJ at the Target Center. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, they, they work together and they have a song about... I think it's called Timberwolves United. I got to check this out. Yeah, That's awesome. It's a, it's a fun little jam that yeah. is about Minnesota hip hop. Um, it's a little on the notes. Like every lyric right. is about the hip hop. Like kind of like, you know, <laughs> basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way we dribble up and down the court. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like a little all about it. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas I just want, you know, like just a little want, shout out. I mean, I haven't listened to Alan Kingdom's Northern Lights yet. I just want Alan there Kingdom might be to one in there. Drop a Wiggins reference in right. there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've already had uh, Muji Messiah. He is shouted out the Angel the, the Blood Wolves. Soup, one of my favorite local records of the past year. Check it out. Now, what's the lyric? How's how's the lyric? Oh, Muji Messiah, local St. Paul rapper, I believe. Um, shout out Zach Levine. It's track eight off the album. It's Southpaw something. I okay. forgot to write it down. But it, the line goes, half man, half machine. I got bounced like Zach Levine on a trampoline. I like how we added the on a trampoline at the end. That's it. It's Zach not Levine's trampoline. Not enough just to have bounced like La- Zach Levine. You also are on a trampoline. That's why I want, I want these <laughs> name drops to get them out. Because Zach Levine on a trampoline. That sounds like a business. Levine's trampolines. <laughs> we should awesome. make a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt, underdog. All right. So if you're a rapper in Minneapolis and you're listening to this, consider following the Wolves and throwing in, you know, one of their names or some sort of reference. That would be, it'd be great. It'd be great. Please. Hey, please. hey if, if you're just Gabe Douglas listening right now. Right. It, can, it doesn't have to be hip hop. Yeah. It doesn't have to be hip hop. Or Gabe Douglas could rap. Come on, that's a new project. Four, four bars on the floor. I love it. That's the mixtape. I love it. Yeah, we, I mean, come on, the, the Vikings. You know, Adrian Peterson. He's he's he's. I don't I don't want re- references to Adrian Peterson or Vikings players. That's, that's played out. Whatever. That's in the past. That's what I'm saying. Wolves of the future. Well, if you want to be ahead on that, this did stuff, you let's notice? Do it. You notice KG's nickname for Wiggins? All uh, all day, all day. <laughs> Every time Wiggins goes up, sometimes the ball's still in the air. That's, that's all day, it. all day, that, all day. That, that's not just for Wiggins. That is for anybody that's on true. KG. He'll say all day for anybody who's taking a shot or True enough. Yeah, going up. Yeah, that's that's KG's thing this year. Um, great. Well, those are our wishes for 2016. If you have wishes for 2016, please let us know what those are. 
you can tweet at us at WolvesCast. We'd love to hear from you and hear what your 2016 wishes are. Or, again, if you're a rapper, let us know. What do you want to see from the Wolves? The summer? In the draft? The spring? In summer league? Let's go. In the Olympics? Tell us what you want. Yeah, totally. Okay, uh, thanks for listening um, to our show so far. we got lots more left. We um, have a cool sponsor coming up and then mailbag. So stick around. It's Timberwolves, the podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Neil from Timberwolves, the podcast. Scott and I want to tell you, the listeners, about a great new startup out of Minneapolis. It's called Take My Ticks. Scott, have you heard about Take My Ticks before? I've been using it every day for like the past few months. That's right. I, I, it came in handy when they debuted it this summer with the twins. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a, it's a brand new service um, where um, season ticket holders and um, just ticket holders in general um, you know, can list their tickets um, for sale for people who are specifically you know, uh, down and out possibly, possibly didn't have the funds to go to Wolves games throughout the season. It's for people who have tickets and enjoyed them for most of the year. But, you know, when those losses surely come, it's time to time to list your tickets on Take My Ticks. Neil, there's a lot of people I know, and we've met these people, we've talked to these people, these fine, good, hardworking folks. Yes. Who buy a season ticket package understanding that they're going to have to sell a percentage of that to make it affordable for themselves. Yeah. And they might want to list it for a little bit uh, cheaper than the, the list price just to make sure they, they do sell those and they don't lose money on a game they can't go to. And this season we have trouble. Flash Sheets limits the price you can the basement level. You can only, you can't lower the price of the ticket you're reselling on Flash Sheets lower than 75% of its value. Yeah. And so these tickets are just going to waste, Neil. There are people, let me tell you, empty seats. Here's a personal confessional. Oh, I went to that free scrimmage that happened this summer right uh-huh. after Towns was uh-huh. drafted. Yeah. The Target Center has not been that full for a single <laughs> Wolves game over the past 5 years. I've never been to a Wolves game that was as full (laughs) as the free one. And it's a totally different crowd than you see at these Wolves games. And that's what I'm saying. There's an enthusiasm for this Mm. team, but we can't forget that not everyone can afford to go to these games. We don't have a lot of scratch, but we both make paychecks. We're both available to spend. Like you and I, we we both spend $35 for our Dallas tickets on Sunday. Yeah. Because we're adults who have the means to do that. But there are a lot of fans who would kill to see a basketball game. Right. And they can't afford $35. They can't afford $25. So if you're not going to go to the game, don't just let your ticket go to rot, make the stadium look empty on ESPN or on Fox Sports North. Absolutely. Make sure that you're there and you're voicing you know, your fandom. That's the thing, too, is that... You know, if, if these seats are empty, it's it, it really it really takes a it takes a toll on the team and on the atmosphere in the building. So with take my ticks, you suddenly have an opportunity to not only help somebody out who would like to go to the game and possibly doesn't have the means to do so, but you're also in a way helping the team because you're filling that empty seat with someone who's going to cheer. Who's gonna Who's gonna applaud? Who's gonna be invested in the game? Someone's gonna in, make in a, a whole different way. Someone's gonna bring their Absolutely. kids, and it's gonna be that kid's first. Timberwolves game, and that kid is going to grow up to either be an NBA player who wants to play for the Timberwolves or a CEO of a company that buys the Timberwolves and keeps them in Minnesota forever. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just remember just because you don't want to go to the Timberwolves game, I understand. I'm a huge baseball fan. Sometimes Mm. in April, 
I just want to record the Timberwolves games, watch them on my own time, because now it's baseball time. It's prime take my ticks time, April. Just because you don't want to ga- go to a game, don't assume that means nobody wants to go to the game. Absolutely. I guarantee you somebody wants your ticket, and you can make that memory a lifelong memory and maybe even a lifetime friend by using Take My Ticks. That's right. So if uh, you have those tickets and, uh, you know, just something to keep in mind for later on in the season when things get real rough and, uh, you know, Carl uh, Anthony Towns is, is um, you know, not playing tonight. He's not dressing tonight uh, due to tendonitis oh, or yeah. something like He's that. He's not going to play for the last yeah. seven games of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might not want to show up. Think, about, Remember, Take My Ticks in, in, in that moment. Uh, I guarantee you, no matter who's starting, if it, we got a lineup of, like, like Andre Miller and Tyus, uh, someone we signed to a 10-day contract, and, you know, like Pekovic, and we don't play with a fifth player because we're that <laughs> low on players. Just four tonight. You don't want to go. You're like, this is an insult to NBA basketball. These are two of the worst teams playing to lose. Still, somebody wants to Someone's go to that there. game. Diehard financially challenged fans are ready to take your seats at the rock bottom pricing with Take My Ticks. So whether you own tickets um, and you're and you're willing to sell them slash give them away on Take My Ticks, or whether you are someone uh, who might be looking to take advantage of this, uh, make sure you download the Take My Ticks app. It's available for iOS and Android, and uh, make sure you use offer code Salty Smitch S A L T Y S M I T C H for twenty five percent off your first order on Take My Ticks. Um, that's something that they are um, generously providing to Timberwolves, the podcast Fans listeners. of the podcast. They yeah. are fans of the podcast. So to those entrepreneurs, those engineers who are working hard on Takes My Takes app, trying to make it the next Facebook, We re- thank you for listening to the podcast. And everybody, thank you for downloading Takes My Takes. It's a mailbag. 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 Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. This segment's called Mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters. Send us your messages. Send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Yeah. All right, it is mailbag time. We're going to read all your mail. Uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of letters here in the studio. They need to be read on the air. Uh, so we're going to get to two of them today. I'm impressed how many letters came in over a holiday weekend. Yeah, exactly. You think uh, most people are sending letters to Santa or, or family, Christmas cards, that kind of thing. But uh, Honestly, the thing I'm most impressed with is how many people download our podcast every week and mm-hmm. still use snail mail to send messages. It's amazing. I, I really don't get it. You'd think that uh, you know podcast listeners are you know more on the cutting edge and more um, you know early adopters of, of new technology, but no. They are, they are sitting down with a quill and some paper and they're and they're going and writing us letters and to that fan who is sending us the the message with the postage of the rare birds of the northwest Mm. thank you that's beautiful i've been enjoying every letter you give me it's a different bird yeah i love that thank you so much you guys our first question comes to us from robert he is r k b r e w r k brew on twitter his question to us is besides the obvious kg who goes on your timberwolves 
Mount Rushmore. Good question, Robert. For all of our international fans, Mount Rushmore is a mountain in South Dakota. Yeah, good point. We is, have lots of international listeners here. They might not be well-versed with right. weird monuments throughout the United States, especially ones that are in the badlands of South Dakota. Okay. It's a mountain that use, they use dynamite to blow the faces of four presidents into that mountain. Wow. And then Nick Cage hit us, or he found a map, a national treasure, if you will, behind their heads. It's incredible. It's um, Check out Mount Rushmore for sure. But yes, it is a way to kind of say, who are the top four of whatever? Yeah. Um, so uh, for Although us, Miller Fillmore is not on Mount Rushmore, so it's not really the top four of anything. If you yeah, ask me, I mean it's not really it's not really authentic without that guy there. That's all right. Yeah, we, that's okay. We get the gist. The top four most important people in Timberwolves franchise history. Robert, you're correct. We can't deny Kevin Garnett. He gets the George Washington spot. He's really up there no matter how you look at it, whether it's like best players or most important or, you know, most like meaningful to the community or or whatever. You know, uh, KG's there with a The only thing to debate with KG is whether he should have like a young MVP KG for Washington and then like a crazy grizzled (laughs) old KG for Lincoln, like shouting at. You get two spots. He's shouting at the other KG. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I have KG, I got Kevin Love, I got Al Jefferson. Mm. Uh, I just appreciate the contributions of Mr. Al Jeff. And then I'm going future-proof with Carl Anthony Towns. And And is that the order? You're going to put... KG in the Washington spot. Thomas Jefferson gets the Kevin Love spot. Wow. The smallest spot with the, pe- the spectacles is Big Al. He's a little small. He's the yeah. Teddy Roosevelt yeah, yeah. of the bunch. Yeah. And then the Abraham Lincoln that anchors it down is Carl Anthony Towns. I, I like, like that. that. Towns, I didn't think about that, but you said it. You said it beautifully. I'll take Towns. Towns has got the boxy face. He's got kind of yeah. the same chin line that you need for that Abraham Lincoln spot. Yeah. I mean, th- those are mine. I mean, there's some guys I think who are possibly better in their time here, but maybe their time is a little limited. That's why I don't have a Cassell or a Spree or something like Marbury. that. In there. Yeah. There's some other guys. But, you know, that, that that's how I interpret it. What about you, Scott? I interpreted it a different way. I'm glad that we went two separate ways with yeah. this. Because number one, George Washington spot. I've got Kevin Garnett, the big ticket. Yeah. He is the face of the franchise. We should call ourselves the Minnesota big tickets or something. Because <laughs> he is the mascot. He is. Might it, as well be. He is the soul of our franchise. But also the backbone of our franchise, the heart of our franchise. Flip Saunders gets oh, the Abraham Lincoln spot. Oh, I see. Flip yeah. Saunders. There's no one else Non-player. on this team's history that had their fingerprints as much. He's our all-time winningest coach. I wish he's I would have thought of that. He's the guy who took us through the playoffs. I, I mean, rest in peace, Flip. You deserve your spot on a mountain. If we don't get a Mount Rushmore, let's build you a statue in the future Target Center. <laughs> Absolutely. Put you right next to Mike in. Love that pick. Knock down the Sid Hartman one. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We can put the Sid Hartman one somewhere else. I don't mean to say that, Sid. I'm sorry. We're just not very close personal friends. All right, KG. KG. Flip. Flip. Then over in... The Thomas, not the Thomas Jefferson spot over in the, the Teddy Roosevelt right. spot, the, yeah. the small one of the spectacles, no. Glenn Taylor. <laughs> hey, Papa Glenn, shout out to Papa Glenn for keeping the team Keep here. Keep us here. Keeping us here. That's the thing. And lots of people want to hate on Glenn for uh, being running a country club, you know, not being that inventive or forward thinking with not his stuff. Not being as cutthroat as you need to be to be a cutting edge organization. But there was a time I, I was reading about this today. I think it was in the mid 90s, around 95 or so. There was a group of own, there was an ownership group that wanted to buy the team and move them to New Orleans. Yeah. And uh, Glenn Taylor, um, you know, basically stopped that from happening. So, yeah. And when the Sacramento Kings were in dire need of uh, getting a new stadium so they couple years get pushed ago. by Seattle. Yeah. That's Seattle. That's when Flip bought back his minority shares and brought. I mean, excuse me. That's when Glenn bought back his minority shares and brought Flip back in. Yeah, he was looking to sell then. He could have sold it to Seattle. Yeah, the Chris Hansen huge group. profit, and we could be 
I mean, I'd be as bitter as OKC fans. Like, if I was a Seattle fan who saw Kevin Durant, I would be that as a Minnesota fan You'd watching make the documentary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. Make Sonic the fans, my heart is with you, Sonic fans. Like, I could never cheer for the we'll team again someday. And so, thank you, Glenn. You can be frustrating at times, but you've kept the team in town. You've always had a strong commitment. You're making sure that the new owner will also exhibit that commitment. And you brought three titles for the women's basketball team here, which is no small feat. What's so, next? And then finally... The last one, the most questionable one, I'm going to go with Kevin McHale. Ooh, Mac. Yeah, so I don't know. I only have one player, but that almost sounds fitting. <laughs> he went front office for the rest. <laughs> yeah, sounds fitting, but I don't know. Kevin McHale, the, the argument against McHale, the argument for is obvious. He's been around forever. He's a fundamental General piece Minnesota of Minnesota legend more than anything else. So. I think the argument against my list, though, is like if you look at it and you're a fan who started watching the Timberwolves five years ago, six years ago, I'm sorry if you're that fan, but better days are ahead. Sure. We all are just kids who glom onto teams for weird reasons, and then it's, it's loyalty for life. So yeah. if you're one of those recent fans, I didn't really represent that recently. So I'm willing to say <laughs> if you want to flip out Glenn Taylor – you can put Crunch's head on the mountain. Next question comes to us from Sybil. Her uh, Twitter handle is at Trelawn7, T-R-E-E-L-A-W-N-S-7, Trelawn7. She writes, Dear Neil and Scott, are you as worried as I am about the Zodiac imbalance on this team? Where are the fire signs? Thank you, okay. Sybil. I've been waiting for somebody to ask this. Okay, Zodiac. Now I don't know about a lot about Zodiac. Astrology. Scott, you're you're a little bit more into it than I am. We gotta break it down here. Like what sort of players are are what here for, for Zodiacs, right? We record this podcast on a Thursday night because it's yeah. my Zodiac sign's preferred day. There's Whoa. the best day for every sign. Who knew? Wow. I'm just I'm just ready at that date. Okay, so starting with Ricky, you have Ricky, he's a Libra. Ricky partnership. A Libra is the sign of partnership. Cool. Not all of these make perfect sense what their signs uh -huh. can correspond to with their polarities. But Ricky's does. Partnership, that's Ricky. Libras, it's one of the best fits of any of these horoscopes we're doing. Because a Libra, are, they're focused on cooperation, teamwork, and balance. They try to find balance, get everyone involved. They're diplomatic, gracious, social, and fair-minded. They value harmony, gentleness, and I shit you not, Neil, sharing with others is something that Libras do. That's Ricky. I don't, you know, I don't, uh, there's a lot of people in my life who are really close to me who don't share the same Zodiac beliefs that I, Sybil and I do. Uh-huh. But I point to this because Libras, they hate conformity. Scott, what is your, sharing. what is your, That's what Ricky. is your Zodiac sign? I'm a Leo. Leo. Okay. I'm Virgo. I yep. know that. I know that. Okay. So you share a Zodiac sign with someone on this team, Neil. We'll get to that. We'll get to we'll that get soon. To that. Up Let's next, go to our next one. KG. He's a Taurus. Yes. And that sign, we're not going to go into the polarity because it's complicated <laughs> on this one. Yeah. I will say, though, KG is actually the best fit of anyone. Taurus are known as being stable and conservative. Taurus, like bull. the most dependable sign of the Zodiac. It's an Earth sign. Ooh. They are great in making money. KG's <laughs> made more money than anyone in NBA history, I believe, that. right? He's, He's number that. one with a bullet. Uh-huh. They were great at making money, and they stick to their projects until it's successfully completed. Wow. They're known for their uncompromising stubbornness, but it could also be interpreted as a complete commitment to the execution of their tasks. This makes them excellent workers and great friends because they are always there no matter what. They hate sudden changes and insecurity of any kind. They're known as stubborn, hard workers who want to be loyal to a fault. Like We had to send KG away. Yeah. This is perfect. Now, wait. Are these, are these Zodiac signs what they actually are? 
right? These are their actual zodiac signs. Yep. These each of these players. Cool. Yep. KG is a Taurus. Once again, shout out to the wow. media guy. Works. <laughs> no, I'm not pairing Check these with whatever signs they yeah, fit the best. I got at. it. This is who they are. But the first two are so perfect, you would think I was pairing them with their ideal signs. Those are killer. The next few aren't as quite as great matches, but they still make sense. Okay, Towns, Karanathan uh, Towns, and Shabazz Muhammad are Scorpio. Yes, and. Here's something about signs. If you share a sign with somebody, you're going to be compatible with them. Maybe mm. not for love, maybe not for marriage, but you're going to get along. And so I think it's funny when we see a few of these people who share signs and notice that they're really good friends. Oh, Towns and go. Shabazz are some of the closest friends. Uh, Shabazz is one of Towns' closest friends on the team. They live in the same building. Shabazz comes over and plays video games at Towns' apartment <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So they've got a lot of that close bonding going on. They're both Scorpio. They're, they're Scorpio. drawn it to each other. It makes sense. Cool. They're both Scorpio-born people are passionate and assertive people. They are determined, decisive, purposeful, self-willed. Very competitive. It sounds like Shabazz and Towns. To yeah, me. yeah. They value like... passion and longtime friends. They hate passive people. They're both kind of very passionate, actually. Not kind of very passionate. That's a contradiction. They're very passionate on the court. That fits. When a Scorpio sets a goal, there's no giving up. Both these guys are very goal oriented. <laughs> they love games just like Scorpios. That is a good fit. Scott Wiggins and Levine, they are both Pisces. What's mutable mean? Like they can, they're just like yeah. chill people. They're more like, so, they're cool being in the background. This is something we're not going to go into on this week's lesson of Zodiac. But they're, all these signs are fall into three different categories, whether it's fixed, mutable, or cardinal. Oh. It's just the personality of these signs. And what mutable means is that they're very adaptable to every situation. They Got can it. change to fit the situation. And funnily enough, you'll notice that over the past decade, a lot of the best scorers in the NBA history, oh, not NBA history, over the past decade, the best sure. scorers in the NBA, most of them have been of a sign that is mutable. Oh, There's something to it that being mutable is, lead, is kind of something that leads to scoring. They are friendly and intuitive. Pisces are not just mutable people. Pisces. They like sleeping. We know Wiggins talks about that all the time. Did you catch that Timberwolves Entertainment Network video I linked to you at the beginning of the season where they ask Wiggins what his favorite app on his phone is? He said the alarm clock. The alarm clock app is what he said. So Wiggins likes sleeping, everybody. Music. We both know Zach and Wiggins into music. Yep. They're going to be joining the prestigious hip hop scene around here soon. Guaranteed. They're also kind of like... Uh, they're friendly people, but they're also uh, a little, uh, what's the, when you're not outgoing, you're intrinsic, uh, yeah, whatever. Introvert. You're introvert. You're a little introvert. And I think yep. both of them have to recharge their batteries at home. They're both focused on their dreams and goals. If they make money, that's cool, but it's about achieving their goals first. So I think that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of similarities here. And like I said, if you share a sign, you're more likely to be good friends. And Wiggins and Levine, peas in a pod. Scott Peck and Gorgie, they are Capricorns, and that uh, means public life. What, what does that mean? They like to be out and about. They like to well, share with others and uh, yeah. be open. There's a, there's a polarity. Peck and Gorgie, they're both the big men. Every sign has a polarity, an opposite. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, KG's polarity, we didn't say it, was personal possessions. Okay. And the opposite is shared possessions. And so that's kind of a deeper thing to get into than we want to get into, but it's the idea that opposites attract as well. So the polar opposites... So the Capricorn is the opposite of a sign where it's private life. So they're more public living. I'm not sure if that's applicable to, applicable to Peck and Gorgie. But I think that the Capricorn fits them. They're both big men. They're practical. They're considered the most serious of the Zodiac. And you could say, well, Gorgie and Peck both have a great sense of humor. Well, so yeah. can Capricorns when they're around their friends. They're very intelligent and humorous around people they can trust. But generally, they're very serious There's nothing more important in life to a Capricorn than their family. Gorgie has seven siblings. I think that that's the family vibe right there. 
They are responsible, professional, and disciplined. Capricorn knows that only hard work will bring success in the long run. That sounds like Peck and Gorgie. Just guys who are practical, keep their nose to the grindstone, and work. And finally, Smitch is a Virgo. That's you. That's what I am. You're a Virgo. Yeah. They are practical. Okay. They're hardworking, and they're loyal. All right. They can be overly critical of themselves and others. Sounds like our salty Smitch. (laughs) And they're also known to be all work and no play. Yeah. (laughs) Also can be a fault. of our uh, of a weakness of our Virgos, but you know Virgos, you got to deal with them. You know, can't live with them, can't live without them. As I've always said, Scott being Sib- related to Neil. Sybil was asking um, about the fire signs and what. Uh, thank you, thank la- you for bringing me back. The lack of fire signs is that a problem for the Wolves? Yeah, I think it is. I'm looking at everyone on our team, everyone on our roster, even Lorenzo Brown. Not a fire sign. That means we have no Leos, we have no Aries, and we have no Sagittarius on our team. And that is a problem because you need balance. The Zodiac, more than anything, is about balance. And so we have three of those four types represented and not not even a nominal end of the bench fire type. Not a, a Leo that you can stick on the end of the bench. Not a Leo on the coaching staff. Nobody. Fire signs are the passionate, dynamic, temperamental individuals. They get angry quickly. They forgive easily. I'm thinking, are these head cases? You decide. Here are some notable fire signs from NBA history. Steven Jackson, Walt Frazier, Jason Kidd, Magic, Wilt, The Glove, Bird, Big O, Sean Kemp. These are all guys who are out there in their own ways. Very dynamic, very passionate, very temperamental. They ran very hot, very cold. Some A lot of weirdos out there. We don't have a lot of weirdos on our team right now, Neil. We got rid of all the head cases. We used to be a team full of weirdos. We might need a few of those weirdo fire types back. We need some fire. We need some fire on the team. Okay, so you are worried. You are worried about I'm the just lack saying, of fire got signs. Sybil's got it right. If we're going to trade somebody, we need, or if we're going to draft somebody, we're going to trade somebody, we need to bring in a Leo, an Aries, or a Sagittarius. Until we do, this team is not going to find competitive it's balance. good to know. I hope that's on uh, Milton Newton's, um, you know, I hope that's on his radar about what we need to target in the draft coming up. I will know, say this, though. In my Zodiac research, mm-hmm. I found out each sign has lucky numbers assigned. Oh, yeah. The only one That's I found. Like, uh, is that like a fortune cookie style? Very fortune cookie right, style. Right, Based on the same mumbo jumbo. Mm. My favorite character from Banjo-Kazooie. Here's a fun note that I learned. None of the numbers really corresponded in any significant way, except for mm. one. Gorgie Jane's lucky number is his college number. Oh, He won a nice. national championship wearing the number 10. He got here. He couldn't wear it. Chase. Chase. So Gorgie's been number now? five. Who has it now? Nobody. Nobody. Well, he's just so I'm saying, Gorgie goes back to 10, and maybe that luck comes back. We get that national he's title just luck. Five. Lightning back in the bottle. So, uh, yeah, uh, we can predict the future. Everything is due to the stars, <laughs> and uh, we really have nothing to say about uh, the people we become because it all matters about which planet is closest to us when you're born. Thank you, Sybil, for the question about the stars. We uh, just ran down all the Zodiacs from the team. Um, and again, if you want to send us some questions, please send us an email. You can uh, go to our website, TimberwolvesThePodcast.com, and we have a contact page. Please uh, send us an email that way or tweet at us. Neil's at a Virgo, Wolfcast. so you'll know he'll keep it organized. Yeah, I'll keep. I'll put it in the Excel spreadsheet right away. Um, but yes, please stick around. We do have some more show coming up. Uh, it's Timberwolves, the podcast. Tonight's game featuring your Minnesota Timberwolves versus the bad guys. But first, it's time for Target Center Food Review. Welcome back to the show. It's time to review food. We uh, attended a basketball game 
a couple weeks ago. Bobblehead night. Two Carl weeks Anthony ago, Towns, we, are, night. we are indeed collecting bobbleheads. So those are games we for sure get to. And um, we saw a game, and we reviewed food, some food. We went up uh, and got some of the again some new lots of new food at Target Center this year. And uh, yeah, we jumped in some. We're burgers. trying to explore it all. We're trying to find it all out. That's right. It's not quite baseball where it gets that crazy with the food, but there's some new items, and we just They're feel trying. obligated to tell you, the fans, which yeah. ones you should waste your time and money on. That's right. Because they're expensive. You don't want it to just like you, you can't, make it worth you can't it. sample them all. You you got to know what you want <laughs> coming into it. And case in point, and expensive with this. We really pulled out the stops for you guys. Don't say that we're not willing to drop all that sponsor money to find out the right things to bring to you as our listeners. Yeah, we're making mad cash and we're and we're expensing it. This one is all still on the small salty smitch candy company's dime. That's right. And these burgers are fourteen fifty each. Ooh. Not even fourteen. They had to Ooh. bump up that fifty. That's right. We got two burgers. We got the Jack Mac burger. Which um, is kind of crazy. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the Jack Mac burger and the breakfast burger. They're, yeah. they're both share a lot in the sense that they're similar patties, similar buns. They both come on like a half pound of tater tots. They come on like you're not just getting a burger. Here. No, like the burger might be worth like eight, nine dollars, but you're getting five dollars in tater tots at least. <laughs> That's a lot of tots they give you. And so they both are kind of basic on the they share that similarity. But the difference comes on what's on top. The Jack Mac burger has a patty of fried f- mac and cheese and, and jalapeno. Yeah, it's it's all, it's all very baked in together. I was surprised because you know I mean? it looked it looked like a chicken patty almost when I saw it. I was ready to see like a scoop of like creamy yellow, messy, runny mac and cheese yeah. deposited on top with little pieces of jalapeno and and you don't get that at all. It's almost off putting to see it because it looks like a it looks like you know when KFC did the double down. It's like <laughs> yeah. KFC sandwich with another piece of KFC on top of it. That's what it looks like. It looks like they took a piece of fried chicken and put it on top of a cheeseburger. It's only when you bite into it do you realize that fried chicken is just fried in there. It's just that deep fat fried ball of mac and cheese and jalapeno. All the cheese, all the it's a it's a burger top with deep fried pepper jack mac and cheese. It's incredible the mac is so good and it's actually my favorite part of the burger i think they should take the cheeseburger out of it they should just sell the mac as a sandwich because the just the consistency of veggie style that's what i'm saying vegetarian option oh my god that's what i'm saying you're more accessible (laughs) for vegetarians and the problem was that i just felt like i was eating two separate patties i was eating Mm. a patty of beef and a patty of cheese mac and cheese on top they both felt tough and they both felt like their own separate entities when i was biting into it i felt like i was eating two like a burger with a fried chicken on top of it almost like two different things it was just a little too much you know and i felt like i had to enjoy the burger and the mac separately i actually took the mac off to the side at one point it was just eating that separate from the cheeseburger because i don't think they mixed well together well, and that's the thing with these with these burgers is there's there's so many elements happening that it really does become something of like uh, this burger is so messy it's going to be a part of your bucket of tots eventually. That was <laughs> it's the all going to kind of roll in oh. together, right? That's the thing. Both these burgers, we also have the breakfast burger. You know, they they come in a tub of tots. It's not served on like a flat plate or some sort of container like that. It is a deep container, like almost like a bowl of of, of tots on the bottom. So everything that kind of goes into the burger ends up being part of everything right and so when neil who I, we haven't introduced the burger it's called the breakfast the burger breakfast burger it's yes. got eggs on top of it yeah and it's a lot messier and so while you're eating your burger that mess just trickles down on top of your tots and so now you got 
egg and cheesy tots to eat. That's great. Whereas a great idea. my patty never fell apart like that. I never got <laughs> mac and cheese tots to eat afterwards. I just had plain tots. Yeah. So the breakfast burger is um, it's topped with uh, scrambled eggs, candied bacon, and hollandaise sauce. And again, it has that uh, tater tots underneath it. Oh, I love some very good. Sauce. I'm a I'm a big breakfast fan in general. I tend to a breakfast um, defector. Yeah, I think so. No, you've just always I've been, always been there. I think you're a breakfast defector. You've had right. just nothing but affection to yeah. normal breakfast. I've planted my flag, and I'm always there. But yeah, so anytime there's um, you know a breakfast version of one of a menu item anywhere, I, I'm really drawn to that. Um, and this breakfast burger was was uh, was no different. It, it was very good. The eggs were good. Love having a bacon on a burger, nice hollandaise sauce, and again, that, t- that tater tot bottom really made everything go, and um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the breakfast burger. We sampled each other's burgers as well. Again, they're We're very, brothers. We share. We share. It's not a problem. Try to each other's they're, out. They're very different. They're very different products, despite being both be burgers. Very similar. Uh, like tots and meat burgers with different Yeah, you toppings. get the tots, you get the meat, you get the bun, but other than that, I mean, th- those are the standards, but after that, things go totally different directions, and you get very different products. Um, so they, I thought they were both very good. I would say this. Yeah. I wish I ordered the breakfast burger. Mm. I wish I ordered your burger. I enjoyed the Jack Mac. I did not regret the, my fourteen fifty I spent on it. You get a lot of tots. It really is a lot to spend, but you you do. You're full. You're not just getting it took chicken me, tenders honestly, or whatever. Like most of the first quarter to eat it. Like, yeah. It no, takes we like chowing. a whole quarter to chow it down. So it's substantial. It'll keep you busy. It'll fill you up. You don't need to get any snacks besides that. That's a meal. Yeah. Um, but I would have... I'm going to give it to the breakfast burger. I wish I ordered the breakfast burger. I liked how meaty it was. I loved the hollandaise sauce. Excuse me, how messy it was. Yeah. I loved the hollandaise sauce. And then I loved how what it made. It made a party of your tots afterwards. All the leftovers dripping on down. Yeah. So I think the bre- I'll give the slight edge to the breakfast burger as well, especially with my affinity towards all things breakfast. But check both burgers out. Um, both are very good and, and very filling. If you come to Target Center without having dinner, it's a great option. I also believe you can get that same mac and cheese as mac and cheese elsewhere in the stadium. Go oh, get that I mac see. and cheese. Out on yeah, if you don't want that burger, don't you make it go, part of the burger. You want to go veggie style? That, go that, eat that breakfast burger. That's the way to go. I think it's been the best thing I've had at Target Center this year. It's yeah. been better than the hot dish tacos for sure. Better, it yeah. was definitely better than those things. Amazing. We, we will uh, continue to review food this year at Target Center. Let us know if you have any specific items you want us to to get to before others. Uh, we have one more segment uh, coming up here for you, so don't stop listening to this episode yet. There's there's one more segment. Uh, it's Timberwolves the podcast. Time to close out the show with the game as we do something fun. Okay, I have a game for you this week, Scott. I'm going to quiz you. You ready? Today's game is called Two Truths and a Lie. Very easy. I'm going to tell Scott three things. Two of them are true. One of them is a lie. Scott, are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Two Truths and a Lie. This is a great icebreaker game. I got uh, three different sections here. Section number one. Here we go. Wolves did not post a winning record until their ninth season in the NBA. So the franchise mm. ninth season. Uh, Kevin Love holds the franchise record for three-pointers made. Mm. Shabazz Muhammad's sister is a professional tennis player. Which one Ooh. is the lie in that group? Wolves did not post a winning record till their ninth season ever. Kevin Love holds the franchise record for three-pointers made, and Shabazz Muhammad's sister is a professional tennis player. Which one's a lie? I've got this one. Yeah. 
I feel conflicted though. You did a good job because I feel like <laughs> Thank you. if I'm wrong about the first one about it being like their ninth season, it's gonna be like no, it's their eighth season or their tenth season. It'll be like a little arbitrary thing like that. Okay. But the thing that I have never heard before was Shabazz's sister. <laughs> it's almost too weird for you to make up because it seems like too obvious that that would be the made up fact. But I've never heard it before, so I'm gonna say that Shabazz Shabazz Muhammad's sister actually is a professional tennis player. Oh. I found it in the media guide, Scott, which you're very familiar with. Her name is Asia Muhammad and. She she is a professional tennis player. The lie is Kevin Love holds the franchise record three pointers made. That's a lie. Right now, it is Anthony Peeler. He owns the record. The rifleman. That's right. The most three pointers made. All right, next one. Michael Jordan won the All Star wow. MVP in 1994 when the game was held in Minneapolis. Glenn Taylor's fortune began in the wedding invitation industry, and Target Center is the second oldest building in the Western Conference. One more time. Michael Jordan won the All-Star MVP in 94 when the game was held in Minneapolis. Glenn Taylor's fortune began in the wedding inv- invitation industry. And, and Target Center is the second oldest building in the Western Conference. Which one of those is the lie? Target Center is the oldest building in the Western Conference. You're wrong again. Sorry. No! It is the second oldest. The oldest building in the Western Conference is is currently called Sleep Train Arena. Uh, oh. is Arco. It used to be Arco. 1989 is when that was built. Uh, the Target Center was built in 98, I believe. Uh, well, while we're on the subject of Sleep Train Arena, <laughs> let me just say, there's no stadium I want to go to more because you'll, you'll notice... On the corners that come down, in the corners, there is a row of seats that go three seats, two seats, then one seat. There's one seat in a row. It's just like a point. At, at the top of the arena? No, in the lower level. They come, oh. the rows like narrow down into a triangle yeah. on the corner aisles. And you get and one. So every aisle has a, a, a like an, an arrow where there's a row of three, a row of two, and a row of one. And I want to sit in that one seat. No one on your left or right. No one in front of you. I've been to a couple of Wolves games solo this year, Scott. So shout out to all, them, all the solo NBA fans who just go to that one little seat i like it i wonder if they give offer discounts for shout out to everyone seat. who does stuff solo man i, I love you all go to a it's movie so by yourself if you want to whatever okay so the lie in that one is the first one michael jordan won the all-star mvp in 94 when the game was held in minnesota he believe was retired at that point i should have known scotty that pippen, was an obvious one scotty oh. scotty pippen won the game won the mvp when the game was here jordan's terrorized <laughs> us jordan is in the media guide for a few records so like i just i should have known i should have known better all right last one here john stevens Two truths and a lie. Number one, Kevin Garnett was a creative consultant in the 2004 Chappelle show skit featuring Prince playing basketball. Christian Leitner was traded for Spud Webb. Timberwolves mascot Crunch is named after a Nestle candy bar sponsorship. Give them to you again. Kevin Garnett was a creative consultant in the 2004 Chappelle show skit featuring Prince playing basketball. Charlie Murphy. Uh, Christian Leitner was traded for Spud Webb. Traded from the Wolves um, for Spud Webb. And uh, Timberwolves mascot Crunch is named after a Nestle candy bar sponsorship. Which one is the lie? I know Crunch is true. Okay. Um, I remember Spud Webb, but the thing is, as a kid, I always got him confused with another player who had like a Webb kind of name. I don't think it was Chris Webber, <laughs> but it was something that like I another confu- Webb. I both I confused Spud Webb and another guy, and I thought I. I confused them both with Spider-Man. You know, like I kind of associate Web. them both yep. with Spider-Man. Yep. So I, 
I do have memories of watching Spud Webb play as a child at the Target Center. We came to games where I watched Spud Webb play there. Mm-hmm. Whether he was on our team or the other team, I don't remember. But I do have memories of the Target Center with Spud Webb. There you go. And so I'm going to go with number one. You got it right. That yes! is a lie. I KG, to my knowledge, was not a creative consultant. Um, you know, I think... He and Prince might be homies. Um, they if probably Prince likes playing before. basketball, KG's played him. So, you know, I, I don't know about that. But, yeah, to me, that is the lie. Christian Leiter was indeed traded for Spud Webb. And uh, Crunch, um, you know, he is the Nestle Crunch <laughs> Game. in a lot of ways. Blouses. Blouses. Yeah, Crunch's original number was 101.3. <laughs> KDWB for all of you. Also, oh, I remember, I, I mean, there's some old photos, especially when we went over a few of them for the wedding. There yeah. was a photo slideshow of me growing up and my wife growing up. Yeah. And there were some old school Timberwolves photos of me on <laughs> Doug West free Jersey Day posing next to a cardboard cutout of Doug West. And in those Classic. same vein of photos, you'll notice some old Crunch mascot photos where he's wearing 101.3 as his number. I love that He's number. so scary. He's got a much scarier face. Yeah, he's changed looks. He has not just changed jerseys and numbers. He's changed he's Overall softened. looks. Yeah, he's softened over yeah, time. He's more friendly to the kids these days. Love you, Crunch. Love you, Crunch. All right, that's going to do it for our show, episode eight of Timberwolves, the podcast. Appreciate you listening as always. Please follow us on Twitter at WolvesCast, and uh, we'll be putting up a show uh, every Friday. Really appreciate you listening. Uh, hope the Timberwolves can uh, turn things around and get some wins here in the next week. Ah, it's a pretty tough week ahead of us. So yeah, let's we'll just see. let's just be happy that we see like I, I want to do the little things. Like I want to see like towns like stuff Westbrook. There we go. That's a little thing. Like there things we go. like that. I want to see like. JJ Berea noticed that I'm wearing his Puerto Rico jersey in the crowd. And yes, that is what I'm wearing on Sunday. I'm wearing the JJ Berea Puerto Rico jersey. I love it. Little things. Thanks for listening, everybody. And in the words of the immortal Hall of Fame baseball cigar, the great Bambito himself, it's hard to beat somebody who never gives up. 